0: Hey there, this is Dr. Erin Wiseman. I'm a fellow Doctor Podcast Network member, life coach, and mama three. I kick butt, I take names, and I help other high-achieving people do the exact same. And today, I want to invite you over to my podcast, Dr. Me First. It's well over 300 episodes, and each one is filled with inspiration and advice from amazing guests. So grab your wife, your mom, your sister, your best friend, and come tune in as we explore what it means to be a woman in medicine and a woman in this world because this podcast is a dose of everything that I needed when I was burned out, exhausted, and ready to quit it all. At the end of the day, I do this to help you feel more connected to yourself and to connect with others. I love to end my show with a kick of encouragement, so here's my favorite tagline. Your life, your calling, your pulse matters. See you over at Dr. Me First.
1: So do insurance carriers actually make payment on this? I'm curious. Um, We don't have decades of experience with whether the insurance carriers that sell cyber liability coverage actually do anything. I do know that some of the professional liability uh, carriers will give you a little bit, a bundle of cyber liability coverage, just like they will give you a little bit of medical license defense, administrative law defense coverage. It's helpful. There's no doubt that it does provide some benefit, but it's usually nowhere near enough. I think if your medical license is in the crosshairs, for example, the $25,000 you're going to get in legal defense will be eaten up pretty quickly. Look, it's certainly better than nothing, and there's certainly situations that can be handled for $25,000 or much less with medical license defense. But if it gets serious, it's not going to be anywhere near enough. And they do sell standalone policies that pay larger and larger amounts for legal defense, not dissimilar to cyber liability coverage. Um, I don't know what the professional liability carriers give. Do you, $25,000, $50,000, what is the the bucket that you're looking at that you've Uh, seen?
2: It's still a little bit um, across the board different because cyber coverage has not been uh, standardized like your auto insurance policy. When you buy an auto insurance policy, it's pretty much standard. Doesn't depend. It doesn't matter what company you're getting it from. What's covered's covered. What's not's not. And what you're talking about is the the uh, payout or the the limits of the policy, not the overall coverage of it. Cyber's different. It's still uh, in its infancy, I think. And so we see certain policies that will cover lots of different things, and other policies that are more more bare bones but um, but yes there there are some different options on first party risk third party risk it's confusing enough and dynamic enough that i recommend people work with a broker that knows what they're doing when it comes repeat to cyber, that. cyber repeat that
1: repeat that again you, you the words right out of my mouth just repeat yeah, that but, this, the truth this is, is not how would you know how would you even know what you need yeah that's that's the classic problem right you
2: don't know what you don't know uh, this is very dynamic And it is um, confusing. At one point, I did a a study and found uh, 54 different areas that were a variable on cyber insurance policies. It is complex. This is not something to try on your own. Don't just fire up Google one evening and see if you can uh, figure it out um, in 45 minutes. it's, It's much more complicated than that. Get a good insurance broker. I'm not advocating one over another. I'm just saying someone that knows about cyber coverage and spends a lot of time thinking about it will be to your benefit to help you get the right type of policy in place.
1: So it's not just the coverage limits. I mean, I was going to say that anything less than a million dollars of coverage is, you're probably whistling in the wind, but. That's right. So at least a million dollars worth of coverage, but that's just the beginning of the inquiry. A million dollars to pay for what? You want to make sure that the things that you need are not excluded in the in the coverage that you just purchased. Um, so yes, I would think that yeah, you you work with a broker who understands your practice, and this is typically a broker that would be selling you many things. They're covering you for for global risk in your life and your practice, and they may very well be associated with a much larger entity. And each person has domain expertise. One person may have domain expertise in life insurance, another may have domain expertise in errors and omissions, uh, professional liability, another one would be cyber. I think the larger the entity, the better they'll be able to answer your questions. And actually they'll cover you globally. The last thing you wanna do is over be over covered, meaning that you've got all these different policies where you're paying so much, and one poli- that these multiple policies um, cover more than you need, you know, yep. meaning that, uh, policy A may give you coverage for A, B, and C, uh, policy B, the second policy a will give you coverage for B, C, and D. There's overlap there with B and C. You may not need both policies. So having um, a broker who understands what you have in place already, what your risks are, I think is just absolutely imperative. Um, I'm going through this right now with directors and liability or DNO, directors and officers coverage, because I was invited to join um, a pub, the board of a publicly traded company. And the first thing I asked was, well, what about DNO? They said, well, here's our policy. And the truth is, I looked at it and I can't make sense out of it. I have no idea on a deep level what the risk is associated with being a, um, a director of a, uh, of, of a company. And um so what I do, I talk to a broker. I mean, well, I haven't finished having the conversation yet, and I said, assume I know nothing about this. What are the things I need to learn about, and does the existing coverage that's been supplied um, do the job? And I'll I'll come back and and teach everyone when I've learned something. I know I know quite a bit about professional liability. I think I know enough about cyber liability to be dangerous, but I know nothing about um, directors and officers insurance, but I hope to learn more um, in the not too distant future.
2: As long as it's an academic exercise, you're all set. It's <laughs> I, when it I becomes hope. live fire that it becomes concerning.
1: So let's go back to this giant lawsuit from Morgan & Morgan. So Morgan & Morgan is one of the largest plaintiff law firms in the uh, country. Um, they have a certain amount of heft behind them. They're suing a fairly sizable orthopedic uh, group. and i think the allegation here is that there was probably a data breach and the their clients the institute's patients are unhappy that their information may be circulating on the uh the dark web um even though it's not clear that it's been plastered for everyone to see all the sensitive protected health information i think there's an underlying fear that this information could be released and be quite you know it's probably very sensitive uh, but I don't know that anybody's ever been damaged by this, and my understanding is if you're looking to collect $100 million, I think you're going to have, Morgan & Morgan's going to have to demonstrate that VITA's breach, some patients have been injured, that they've been damaged, not a speculative uh, injury down the road, um, meaning today is there. Protected health information available for others to see, and have they has their privacy been functionally uh, violated? I
2: think you're absolutely right, and that's difficult to prove in these situations because there are enough breaches that people's information gets out there, and to know where it came from, where the harm came from, is oftentimes extraordinarily difficult. Not really dissimilar to where people become infected with. Uh, um, as we we spend our time thinking about mm-hmm. uh, coronavirus, right? Did you get infected at work or um, from your child that came home from school? I mean, who who knows, right? So that makes it difficult. And that's the burden on Morgan and Morgan or any plaintiff's law firm is to prove not only that the event took place but that it resulted in specific demonstrable harm. And that's not always easy to do.
1: We've certainly seen it where the entity determines they're not going to make any payment. they're not going to pay the ransomware. and it is very possible that the uh, the entity that the, um, the the person who made the uh, the demand just walks away and says, well, you won't be able to use your records, but it's also possible if they breached it and have access to the database that they can start posting that information online. Now if that actually happens, If the information, namely the protected health information, gets posted online, those would be considered actual damages, correct? That's right. We know, and
2: and there have been those instances where information has been stolen, uh, psychiatric records, and people are threatened, I'm going to post this online unless I receive X number of dollars, and then some of it does get online, then you can clearly uh, know where it came from, and and there's harm that is uh, obvious.
1: There was a case not too long ago, I believe it was a large plastic surgeon's clinic in London, where their records were breached, and, you know, all types of before and after pictures, who had had surgery, what they looked like beforehand, certainly with minimal, if any, clothing. These are part of the medical records, and I think a demand was made, give us the money, and I don't know that they acted quickly enough. I can't remember the exact outcome of this, but my understanding was a lot of these records were released. it was extremely embarrassing to, certainly for the patients, but also embarrassing to the clinic because it's hard for um, a medical practice to resuscitate. The conclusion will be, look, um, we entrusted you with very sensitive information. You were not a good custodian of, of this. And now the, the pictures that I never wanted anyone to see are available on the internet. I mean, this is a horrible situation for a practice to be in. It's very difficult to resuscitate uh, your reputation from that.
2: That's right. And that's why oftentimes with one of these type of of claims that the cyber carriers will bring in a a PR firm to to help too in messaging and and how to deal with with patients
1: or or customers of someone who's, suffered a breach? I think just figuring out how to manage a very difficult situation with experts would be reason enough to have cyber cyber liability coverage. So take-home point, you cannot prevent and protect against every uh, cyber threat. I think we use the internet, we use computers because they make our lives easier, but there's risk associated with it. Insurance has helped Take away some of that risk. And I think if you do nothing else, get a good broker to identify what's the best cyber liability insurance for you that's cost effective. And number two, do a HIPAA risk assessment. Those are the two take home points. Anything you want to close with, Mike?
2: Oh, I think I think those are the two that need to be uh, hammered home. So you're exactly right.
1: On that sunny note, we bid adieu and we will see you again or we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for joining us, bye-bye. Before we end, don't forget to hang out with our friend, Dr. Aaron Wiseman over at Dr. Me First on your favorite podcast app, Dr. Me First. And with that, we're at the end of our broadcast. Thanks for joining us. In closing, a few messages. If you're an existing member of Medical or Dental Justice and you find yourself on the receiving end of a medical legal threat, please contact us at 1 877 MEDJUST. That's 1 877 MEDJUST or 633 5878. Our STAT hotline is a service offered to all current members. It's designed to get your urgent medical legal questions answered ASAP. Members can also access a plethora of exclusive medical legal resources by logging into their members only page, which can be accessed by our website, medicaljustice.com. Now we want to protect as many doctors as possible. If one of your colleagues is in trouble, please refer him. When a current member of Medical Justice refers a colleague and that colleague becomes a member, you both receive a month of free protection. To refer a colleague, write to us at infonews. That's IN. Epison Frank O News at medicaljustice.com. That's infonews at medicaljustice.com. Now, if you're not an existing member of medical or dental justice, but want to bulletproof your practice from medical legal threats, our admin, Wendy Cates, is your best resource for information about our protection plans, implementation best practices, and pricing models. Wendy can be reached directly at 336 358. 5587. We offer discounts for large groups and protect doctors of all specialties in all states. Now before we close, one last request. If you enjoyed this episode, please write a review on your preferred podcast provider and share our podcast with your colleagues. Reviews help maintain our podcast visibility, which in turn helps us reach a broader audience. This helps us protect more doctors. Thank you for joining us this week. We hope you'll join us on the next episode of the Medical Liability Minute.